This is exactly right. Hey, everybody. This is Brandy Posey from the Lady to Lady podcast, a new member of the Exactly Right Media podcast network. Long time, first time on the old uh, My Favorite Murder feed. <laughs> uh, I'm this week's guest host. I'm super honored to be doing this. Um, I have been a friend and fan of Karen and Georgia for forever. You know, I, I remember seeing Karen back on like uh, Mr. Show and everything back in the day and like getting to call her a, a, a colleague and friend and comedy big sister is something that I do not take for granted and I love every day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this week I'm going to uh, share with you the two stories from the Live from Chicago podcast festival episode 44 if you're into numbers uh back in the day i was actually at this show because lady to lady was on this festival in a much smaller venue but we were there um and i actually like shot a video of karen and georgia i was hanging out with them backstage of them walking on stage for the first time because i was like oh this will be super cute for them to have them just walking on stage the first live show and then when um the theme song started and they got this like rolling stone style response from the crowd i just remember my arms completely being covered with goosebumps and i was like oh (laughs) this is about to be a thing and um no big deal but i was right (laughs) and um yeah i i'm i'm so proud of them not that they need me to be proud of them but like i am and they're just they're so awesome and i love this episode because this is like the very beginning and you can hear the surprise in their voice of just like whoa i didn't realize this was gonna be a thing so let me kick into the theme song that you guys know and love so well Okay, guys, up first, we've got Georgia Hardstark. Uh, her first story uh, live in front of an audience ever uh, was the Fort Worth Missing Trio. And I'm so impressed by the fact that Georgia doesn't come from a huge live performing background. And she crushes this out of the gate. It's so cool just to hear her just settle into just being a performer that's as somebody that has been performing for over a decade. I'm just like, man, she just nailed it out of the gate. So enjoy Georgia's story. Um, Should we talk about... Mm- Mur- murders? Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys like, it's pretty. Who's a murderino, like for real? Heck yeah. I mean, that's called pandering. Now we're pandering. No, I don't think it's our thing, though. I'm sitting on it with my butt. Oh, are you going to go first? I think I'm first this time. Also, I'm, I'm going to put my hands it. in my pockets and put my <laughs> microphone over here. Would you mind putting your hands in your pocket, Karen, as I tell you? I swore I was going to belch, and it's about to happen. <laughs> She's going to do some Robert Durst belches for us. Just to... Oh, that was a good one. Did you... Did you that? Was that really... Yeah, a bo- that was me. That sounded like a fucking horse, I swear to God. <laughs> I thought you were, like, doing a no. joke burp sound. I'm a lady. That was unbelievable. I had a soda pop. If they want to pay us, I'll just say which one it is. <laughs> but I will not... Shit, girl. Otherwise... We don't do branding. <laughs> Otherwise, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. Are you ready? Well, now I'm just, now it, that's too much pressure. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so December 23rd, mm. super near Christmas in 1974. A great year for callers. And chords. There you go. Bring us back, Karen, to a time. 1974, where the air was filled with lead pollution. So, okay, so three ladies. Uh, Renee Wilson, she's 14. Rachel Trelika, who's 17. And Julie Ann Mosley, who's nine, go on a shopping trip Mm -hmm. for Christmas presents. Can't be good. Nope. No, they were fine. Let's talk about, <laughs> anyway. let's talk about Ted Bundy. <laughs> anyway, Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> so these three girls, they go to a upscale mall, the Seminary South Shopping Center. This girl knows it. I hear someone fucking whispering. Uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Oh. Oh. Have you been? <laughs> I just thought I should make a noise oh. like that. Okay, uh, they're supposed to be home by 4 p.m. 
Guess what, Karen? Didn't show up. They didn't show up. They didn't show up. So Renee and Rachel, the older girls, were old friends. Renee asked Rachel to come with her shopping. Um, and then Renee's boyfriend was going to come, but he went to a friend's house. So his little sister, Julie, begs to come. So they bring their, her boyfriend's little sister along. So it's the three of them. They get to the mall. She, Rachel parks her car at the top of the fucking uh, car park, Oldsmobile. And they go shopping. People see them because, and this needs to be our new shirt, she's wearing a shirt that says, Sweet Honesty. What? <laughs> That's 1974 for you. What the it's like, fuck? What stoner put that thing together? Sweet And honesty. you know it was like crazy cursive with oh, the totally. Y on the honesty. And then like, like three loop-de-loos. Glitter like all around Just it. on the tits. Yeah. No bra. No bra. No bra. Didn't okay. have to. <laughs> 70s tits. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. For sure. They were real low. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so a, a ton of people see them at the mall, people, because people see her shirt, whatever the fuck. Um, and then that evening, <laughs> families get worried, as they do. They go out looking for the girl, and they find her car where she parked it on the roof of this mall area. And in the, car, the car is locked, and inside are the presents. Oh. So at some point, they went to the car, put the presents in there, locked the car, and then what? Right? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> you have to tell me. So the, they're freaking out. The next day, a letter comes in the mail, and it goes to Rachel's husband's house. Now, Rachel, who was 17 and married... What? What? Yeah. Wait, is that sweet honesty? That's the other one, even. Okay. A okay. 14-year-old is wearing a sweet honesty Fuck. shirt. Fuck. Ugh. Don't let your babies <laughs> grow up to be sweet honesties. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, she's married. Okay. To this dude. All right. Her, this dude, her husband, was dating her older sister beforehand. Look, it happens. Yes. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> they break up. These, her little sister and her boyfriend get married. And then the sister's living with them at the time. What? No. Like, we all know where this is. Like, we know. Wait, is the, are you just talking out an episode of Game of Thrones and saying, <laughs> saying it happened in Fort Worth? Never seen it. No, this is Dallas. I'm talking about Dallas. Uh, yeah, right? Okay. But no. Letter comes in the mail. Why is he checking his fucking mail the day after his wife gets fucking kidnapped? You think he should have avoided that mailbox? I mean, why are you checking it? He loves mail. <laughs> It's the only thing that made him feel better. <laughs> Fucking catalogs and postcards. Fair enough. Well, he goes to his mailbox and he finds a letter from her, supposedly, from Rachel. Says, I know I'm going to catch it. Which is like the cutest phrase I've ever heard in my life. Like catch some shit? I know I'm going to catch it. Say I know I'm going to catch it. I know I'm going to catch it. <laughs> but we just had to get away. We're going to Houston. See you in about a week. The cars in Sears upper lot. Love, Rachel. Mm-hmm. I right, I know. So like, he gets that letter. Her name is kind of misspelled. His name is Ra- her, 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 seriously. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> her first name is misspelled. Yeah, a little bit misspelled. Yeah. Like, no, it. Ha- I, I, look, I've done that so many times where it's like K A S. What is I want to make fun of that, but recently my my manager emailed me. Was like, "Hey, your uh, your name's spelled wrong, and you're real." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I looked at it, and it said G E O R I G A. Oh, I fucking spelled my own goddamn name wrong. That was like Georga. Georga. That's like it's, it's been like three years, and I didn't notice it. <laughs> so well, fair enough. Once you change it, you're gonna get so many jobs. <laughs> People have been like, I want to hire her for the million dollar thing. I, I can't find her. Her <laughs> no. name's spelled wrong. No. There goes a million dollars. So it does happen. It does. This isn't crazy. It happens. Let's be fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so her husband was married to the people. The family <laughs> thinks that the, the letter, they're like, that's not her handwriting. And she spelled her fucking name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition, to back that up. <laughs> so, uh, they, so the stamp had been stamped, you know, like cleared at the thing. At the post office. Thank you. 
that morning. So someone sent that thing the night before or on the 24th of when it showed up, which I'm like, if you're just... If you just kidnap three people randomly, you're not going to bother to let the family know. No, that... you kidnap and you get straight to that correspondence. <laughs> yeah. Fuck like, that's to, that's to throw people off. Yeah. That's not, like, a serial killer who's, like, grabbing three people and doesn't give a shit, right? No, that's, like, an anal retentive serial killer. <laughs> that's like a, leave us alone for a minute, right? Serial killer. <laughs> you mean, can I have some privacy yeah, while I write I my letters? Can I have some privacy while I... <laughs> To sit at my secretary's desk and just write out with a feather pen. Like, right after I kidnap them, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's weird. I get it. All right. So, uh, um, so the people saw them that day because clearly she had a sweet honesty shirt on. And, like, how are you going to miss that one? A woman tells a store clerk that she saw some men hustle the girls into a pickup truck. But police never located that witness. Another says that the girls had been spotted in a security patrol car. Mm. Um, so in 1981, which was, what, let's do math, which is like so um, many years later. Six, six plus one is seven. years later. Seven. Seven years later. A man, a man randomly comes around and he's like, hey, I saw a girl, I saw, I saw a man forcing them into a van that day. You fucking dick. Like, Where what the were fuck? you? Where were you? Oh, in 81, I just like popped into my head that these fucking girls were being forced into a van. He had so much stuff on his mind. Christmas. There was tons of littering back then. But the guy in the van told him, he goes, hey, it's a family dispute. Don't worry about it. And that's why he never told it till he was, till 81. Yeah. I mean, like, can you, I can't even. Well, because, you know, it was like back then, if your family was fighting about something, you could throw them in a van (laughs) forcibly at the mall. True. It was done. How many people out here have, like, seen that and just never told anyone about it? That was a family dispute. Okay. Anything, I will call the police just if I see a van. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I don't care. I'd be like, it's clearly a bread truck. I don't care. Call 911. Karen does citizen's arrests all over town. All the time. I won't even believe her now. (laughs) Um, Her her brother says, Rachel's brother says that there's been sightings all over the Fort Worth area. You know, it's one of those like, they were white slaves. Like, people keep saying that. Um, Some of the sightings were, what happened? Someone doesn't like that. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Oh, shit. Someone's (laughs) mad about something we said? Okay, so these fucking chicks are never found. So wait, sorry, now we're in the 80s? Uh, we're that far ahead? No. 79 that happened. I just, I said the 80s as like a thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It just seemed, I'm not questioning you. <laughs> yes, you are. It's our first fight here in Chicago. <laughs> it's the place to do it. Okay, so they, they were never found. Spoiler alert, I'm sorry, that sucks. It blows. But there's two suspects that I find very interesting. So, Mike D. Bardellen, Ben. <laughs> Read that. <laughs> Read that. Hold on, let me get my readers. <laughs> Mike D. Bardellen, Ben. What I say? It Thank really you. is what it says. <laughs> that wasn't just you kind of having fun. That was a copy fun. and paste. No, no, no. That was a copy and paste. So, this dude gets arrested for passing counterfeit bills. And then the cops found evidence of sex crimes, including him taking photos of him raping and murdering humans. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, you didn't know? That's what the whole fucking <laughs> podcast is about. Someone's like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to talk out the story of the Wizard of Oz. No. <laughs> it's all this bad. <laughs> the FBI profilers think that when the face is seen in the photo... Uh, he kills them. When the face isn't seen, he allows them to live. It's like, come on, you fucking dick. Um, okay, so here's the, the tie-in, is that he's a convicted kidnapper, rapist, counterfeiter, and suspected serial killer with the habit of passing counterfeit bills in shopping malls. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> He was operating around Texas around that time and was known to impersonate security guards and other positions of authority. Remember that chick was like, I saw a security guard driving them in his van, right? Because like who, what girl back then isn't going to like go with, oh my God, my bell chicken, go with a security guard. Do it into the microphone next time. We accept you. My mom is here. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) This is what you raised. (laughs) 
yeah, I mean, okay, so a guy comes over and he's like, did you see that? Yeah, it was awesome. That's good podcasting right there. Yeah. That's the kind of shit you can't see when you're listening. Yeah, Saeed, thank you. She's like the David Blaine of paper. <laughs> uh, okay, so like back then, you, a guy's like, I saw you shoplifting. I'm, in a, I'm a security guard. And you're like, no, I didn't. And he's like, come with me. You know, and he makes them all come with him. Yeah. You go. It's like he has a blue shirt on with a belt. And then yeah. you're like, oh, I guess you're in charge. Yeah. I guess I have to fucking do whatever you say. There's no stranger danger. There's don't fucking, don't fucking talk back to authority. That's, That's right. That's what that was back then. Yes. So you just get in the car. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, Sweet honesty. Sweet honesty. She didn't understand. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you should sweet kick him in the dick. <laughs> That's what her shirt should have said. You guys, pepper spray first and fucking apologize later. Right? These days, George's favorite thing to say is, should I pepper spray that guy? It's my, it makes me laugh so hard. I can't remember where we were, but you were just like, do I need to pepper spray this guy? It's like, please don't. Not right now. Why not? <laughs> just spray it around like room freshener. In your mouth. Beyond, beyond what is it called? Banaka. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So he's in, known to uh, impersonate serial ser- security guards, not serial killers, <laughs> and other positions of authority. Uh, he lived within a half mile of Rachel, one mm-hmm. of the girls who disappeared at the time of the disappearance. And then I wrote, fucked up. He earned the respect of the FBI profilers because he never gave himself away in unguarded moments no, nor bragged about his exploits. So the fucking FBI was like, good on him, that he never told anyone. There, well, it was like a healthy respect for the enemy. Because usually they brag. Like yeah, but usually, I, I don't respect them for not getting it out of this dude. If their fucking killer is smarter, are we gonna? Should I not talk shit about the FBI? Probably. I do. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sensitive time. Do it! Someone yelled. You fucking do it! <laughs> Listen, love those guys. I'm just saying, this dude was a serial yeah, yeah. killer. We're gonna do a show at the FBI at Quantico. Um, <laughs> Next month. The murder of our government. <laughs> you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other dude, who I think is just the fucking dude, uh, Lloyd Welch, he's a drifter and a hitchhiker. Lord? Lloyd. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That would be cool, though. He's like a lord. Lord Welch. <laughs> but in Texas. Lord of the bad manners. Because he, <laughs> the bad manners. That's what gets cut out, usually. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> he's recently been charged around that, oh, so recently around now, he's been charged with the murder of the Lion Sisters. There's two girls, you're shaking your head, I can see it. Catherine, who was 10, and Sheila, who was 12, disappears from a Maryland mall in 1975. Oh, okay, it's exact same, M-O. M-O. <laughs> At the time of his arrest... Spells no. <laughs> At the time of his arrest, he's serving a lengthy prison sentence in Delaware for child sexual abuse. So he's a real fun guy. <sighs> like a prize. Yeah. Mom is proud. Good stuff. So in December 2014, here's another fucking asshole... <laughs> Welch's cousin tells detectives that he had helped Welch so that they never found the, the Lion Sisters. They were like, where, you know, these girls got kidnapped from a mall, never found them. In 2014, Welch's cousin is like, well, one time I helped him with two heavy duffel bags in oh, 1975. Dude. It gets worse. They met at a property in Virginia. He said he helped to remove two Army-style duffel bags from Welch's vehicle. Each bag weighed about 60 or 70 pounds, and smelled like death. What the fuck? It was probably camping equipment. It gets musty. You know how when your cousins ask you to help you burn or bury something, and you're like, I'm just not asking questions. I mean, look, we're all cousins. We have to be at Thanksgiving together. Just be chill. It'd be so awkward if I'm like, what's in these? And you're like, I don't want to tell you. Come on, don't unzip that. It's my, it's my murder duffel. He tells, he tells in 2014, and then, oh, and he said, further, the bags were covered in red stains. It's probably Kool-Aid. Was he blind and deaf? <laughs> and then at, in 2014, he came to... He yeah, came it to all snapped the, back, yeah. miraculously. And, okay, so Lloyd Welch happens to be, uh, he happens to work... At the time, he was like a drifter, but he worked for a traveling carnival company. Guess where they set up all the time in the 70s? 
Inside a duffel bag? <laughs> no. Where? In malls. <laughs> uh, and he was in Austin, Texas until around 75. This carnival set up in malls from the mid-70s to 97. I'm just trying to picture a, a mall carnival, and it's like oh, honey, bumming oh. me out yeah. so bad. Yeah. You know, your parents always wore, like, they were always like, those rides are going to kill you. They also didn't say, those ride people are going to kill you. Yes, right. <laughs> Basically, everything over there is going to kill you. Yeah. Everything your, your mom, like, your parents told you to worry about, and you were like, you're being annoying. And, no, they'll kill you. You're dead on. Yeah. Dead on. It's so annoying when your parents are right. Yeah. Uh, so in, 20, in July 2015, Welch is indicted, charged with the girl's murder. His uncle is a person of interest. Yeah. <laughs> The devil bad guy? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's another thing. So he's in malls, blah, blah, blah. His longtime girlfriend at the time dated for over 10 years. Uh, we're always on the road together, et cetera, et cetera. She was a security guard at a mall. Oh, like for the real deal? Yeah. Borrowed her outfit. What's up? <laughs> Stole those kids. You it's know good it. dance moves. Uh, oh, and then in 2001, a, secure, a former Sears security guard and Fort Worth police officer gives a chilling account. He says that he witnessed girls climb into a pickup truck of a young mall security guard and that they appeared to go with him willingly. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. I mean... That's what? just fucked. Yeah. Never found. Never found in the other two girls that were murdered. That was never prosecuted Yeah, but do either. we know that the husband and sister weren't involved? The brother thinks that the sister was involved. I'd like to bring all of Texas up on charges for this story. <laughs> There's kind of, no one's innocent in this, I it think seems like. you wouldn't be wrong. But also, it's so wait, somebody had, uh, the girlfriend was a real security guard, so they could have been borrowing badges and shit and stuff to totally. make it look real. Totally. Or maybe she was compli- complicit? Complicit. Maybe she was complicit and fucking was like, get in my car, girls. And they got in her car. You know? Yeah. All right, so don't go to the mall. Don't talk to security don't. guards. Don't. Don't wear your sweet honesty shirt No sweet ever honesty again. anymore. Stop it. Don't do it. Um, I have to say, those cold cases drive me crazy. I know, I there's love them. No, I know. That's your favorite. There's just no... We should set up, like, a red phone on stage in case somebody finds out. And it comes call through. Us immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Ring through and be like... Lloyd Welch. Oh, my God. You oh, guys. good. You guys. And then, um, and then, like, the balloons drop and confetti comes yes. down. And we all dance and dance. <laughs> oh. uh, well, good one. That was a good one. Thank you. Um, clap for George's. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going? If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Hope you guys all enjoyed uh, the Fort Worth missing trio story from Georgia Hardstark. I don't know if there's any updates since this was recorded in 2016. If there are, somebody tag me and let me know if we <laughs> if we have an answer or not. And uh, the next story uh, is Karen Kilgareth. And because this was Chicago, Karen knew to just like bring one of the Chicago uh, greats is the opposite of the word that I mean to say, but <laughs> the word one of the Chicago worsts to the stage and. And uh, so this is Karen doing the gruesome story of John Wayne Gacy. Enjoy. I hate this fucking stool. <laughs> maybe sorry. We, can I'm we sorry maybe to say a, that about your stool. A chair. Stand and stand and deliver. I'm going to stand and stare stand at you. Stand and like deliver. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I did a very pandery thing, and I picked a Chicago murderer. <laughs> you think you're better than me? What's that? I said, you think you're better than me? <laughs> That's right. Uh, but also because there were so many choices. <laughs> a lot of people love, they love to talk about how like Pacific Northwest, oh, you have so many murders in San Francisco. Hello, Chicago. You yeah. guys want to kill everybody. All Chicago just doesn't brag about it. That's right. <laughs> They're just low key. Yeah. Like, yeah, well. They're just like, yeah, let's go have a beer. I don't need to talk about that. <laughs> How are you doing? More importantly, we don't need to talk about the torso murders. How are you doing? <laughs> Eyeball kill it. No, that's not here. Never no, mind. that's go Cleveland. On. Anyway, um, there was a lot of choices uh, to choose from, and there was a lot of favorites, but I actually had to go with this is my original. The reason I got into reading serial killer books and watching true crime shows, fucking John Wayne Gates. Yeah. Because she accidentally told me in the hotel room. I, it slipped out in the hotel room. What, what was the context of that? You were talking about how the, the, the hotel concierge was like, you had to print out your notes. Oh, yeah. And they she was like, if you me. like John Wayne Gacy, you'll love this tour. And, and then I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I said. Nothing, there was nothing yeah. else So I don't revealed. know the deets. Yeah. But I'm about to hear them. You're about to hear them. And uh, you may have heard me say this before, but the first thing I ever saw about John Wayne Gacy, because if you know, he buried the bodies of teenage boys that he murdered inside his house. And when the police arrested him, finally, and uh, he, he was able to draw a diagram of his house, and he knew where every single boy was in the house, and there were 27 of them. I bet the FBI didn't respect him after that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they were like, oh, what look a- at Braggy Braggerstein over there. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> So I saw, um, when I was like probably 12, I opened a book. Uh, <laughs> Good age to uh, see this shit. It's a perfect age for true crime. Uh, opened a book and they had drawn, based on the diagram that John Wayne Gacy had drawn, they had, because he, they just used um, like long rectangles to show where the bodies were. And some artist had basically drawn body shapes like it almost looked like a chalk outline but like body shapes in a house diagram so that's I like was oh childhood and you know Joni loves Chachi and fucking this and that and I look down at this thing and I'm like why are those boys floating in those boxes and then I read underneath it and it's like uh you know 27 bodies were buried inside this house and I was just like okay now I know that and now I must know more. <laughs> and I won't stop. Adding that to Charlotte's Web and all the shit you already <laughs> yeah, know. That's right. Some pig. <laughs> um, so let's talk about 
Fucking good old John. Um, also, the middle name Wayne yeah. is very common in serial killer world, which I think is kind of great that he Why is that? got in there. I don't know, but he, they named him John Wayne Gacy because his mom loved John Wayne, the actor. Red flag. <laughs> right? Not a good sign no. that she loved film. Uh, <laughs> So, John Wayne Gacy was born on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, 1942, at Edgewater Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. Anyone? Uh, Edgewater? Anyone else? You guys worked there? there Were you also born there with him? Uh, uh, He was the second of three children. He had an older sister and a younger sister. And his father was a machinist who had been in uh, World War I and he was a very bad alcoholic. So um, the story was that his dad would come home from work and he would go down into the basement oh, and dear. drink brandy, which sounds classy. Um, <laughs> but they would have, they would, the mom would make dinner and then they would all sit at the dinner table and wait for him to Ugh. come upstairs and see how he felt. Well, I bet when he came up, he was real happy, and everyone was like, we can finally talk about Brandy. (laughs) Well, no. Oh, God. Instead, normally, he would come up drunk and very angry, and he would beat them with a strap um, for dinner. So... Uh, I'm good tonight on strap. I'm so full of strap from last (laughs) night, Dad. You can give it to her, though, if you want. She's real Um, hungry for a strap. And part of what they say, they think what fueled his rage is that John was basically a mama's boy mm. and he liked that, you know, the father was into fishing and hunting and man, man, man. And John liked to cook and he liked to be in the kitchen with his mom. He liked planting flowers in the garden. Things that in like the late 40s apparently brought deep shame upon you and your ancestors and were unacceptable and made you drink brandy and beat children. So. <laughs> It sounds uh, like the norm back then, though, you know? Yeah, I think it is. It's like everybody has to fit into their box, and yeah. if you don't, I'm going to punch you in the face even though you're <laughs> eight. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote down there, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. <laughs> Can't wait to see that meme. Then when, um, when John was nine, he was molested by a family oh. friend. And then when he was 11, he was hit in the head Fuck. with... A baseball bat? <laughs> what? With a swing. With a swing. Exactly like Richard Ramirez. With a swing. Yes. yes. You know what bums me? Like, he got to nine. He was so fucking close to, like, not getting molested. <sighs> like, you're so close. Yeah. And then some fucking shitty neighbor, like uh, your dad's fucking work friend, friend yeah, comes along. Um, so close to getting... And then a fucking swing. Yeah. Were they, like... And that swing. Were they invented a metal back then? <laughs> they probably were made out of, like, seven pounds of metal. <laughs> Like, this will really center this swing nicely. Yeah. And it's lead, so if you lick it, you're going to die. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but he also had a bad heart, so he was prone to fainting spells, uh-huh. which didn't help with the whole also gardening and cooking thing. I'm like, saying, he's uh. just like taking five every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> type of stuff. And the, uh, so he's just all white, he's all fucked up. Uh, (laughs) Then to add to the household tension, John had a secret fetish for women's underwear. So he would steal his mother's silk panties and put them, hold on, in a bag, (laughs) and in a brown bag in the back of the closet. So then his sister found that brown bag in the closet, and she told the mom... And the mom was like, oh, Johnny's always had a fetish for panties. So she was quite progressive, actually. Which is very nice to hear. Yeah. But not helpful in any way. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so when he so he w- had a hard time in school. He wasn't popular. He fainted a lot. Mm. He was always thinking about those underwear. <laughs> and then he w- uh, when he was nine, he never graduated from high school. He went to four different high schools around the greater metropolitan area. Um, and then he never graduated. And he, when he was 19, he just left town. He moved to Las Vegas without telling his family. Well, sounds like what you're supposed to do yeah. when you live in the Midwest. That's right. Bye. No, I mean, like, get out of your small town. I don't mean, not you guys. They just all come rushing to the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry, they'll fall into the orchestra pit. <laughs> We're totally safe. Ah, ah. Um... <laughs> So here's the thing. So he gets a job in Las Vegas. And like I was thinking about this, like the first job you get out of high school, it's usually based on the thing you kind of like the most or the thing that you're into. So like I worked at a yogurt shop because I fucking love eating so much. I worked at a bakery. Did you? Yeah. And well, John uh, became a janitor at a mortuary. Yeah. Because it was his passion. Oh, dear. The dead. And he actually later admitted to the police that when he worked there one night, uh, he, that's no, right. No, He got into a coffin with a, the body of a dead boy and fondled it. <gasps> it gets so much worse. <laughs> There's 47 pages right here. <laughs> A lot of this is my poetry I'm going to read later. Um, all right. His parents actually hire a private investigator to find him. Whoa. And they find him in Vegas. My parents wouldn't do that. I know, right? <laughs> They'd be like, well, good luck. I mean, if you've got to be in Vegas fondling dead bodies, then live your dreams. Um, he came back to Chicago and he went to business college and it turned out he was a born salesman because he is a psychopath. Uh, right? We're learning as we talk yeah. on this podcast all about terminology and what it actually means as opposed to what I think it means and say it means yeah. to a whole shitload of people. And then people, we didn't know, we're learning that people believe us when we say shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So... I think we've taught, like, uh, psychosis. I've mixed up psychosis and psychopath. Uh, I I had the thing where I told people that 25% of the population were sociopaths. People do not like that. And then in corrections corner, she said that it was only one quarter. Yes. Yeah. And I I was like, okay. I didn't fucking question you. Everything's fine. You know anyone can do a podcast, right? Anybody. Yeah, anyone gets a podcast. Fucking anyone. It's true. So... But for this, I looked it up uh, because clearly we know that these, these major players uh, are usually psychopaths. And their thing is that they're very ambitious. It's like they just want to get ahead. They're very, very charming, which apparently John Wayne Gacy was very charming and like had the gift of gab. He's really, he's very, you know, like he just made people feel very comfortable. Mm. And then he had an insatiable sexual appetite. So he was kind of always doing things so that he could... Those all sounds so, like, time-consuming, <laughs> you know? Like, it makes me want to take a nap. Yeah, he had to, he had to like, take vitamins yeah. and just really, Ugh. like, make sure you got enough water and stuff. You know what's just... great is taking a nap with a cat. Like, I don't know, you don't need to be super sexual or talky or fucking cool. You can just relax. You can just go to sleep. Yeah. Well, not John, <laughs> as far as I know. I mean, good for him, kind what of. What if he was, like, a crazy cat lady? He's like, oh, my God, I have, like, 12 cats. I love it. Um... He worked at the Nun Bush Shoe Company here in Chicago. Anyone? No. Oh, Karen. Did they shut it down? Stephen, can we edit that out? <laughs> Stephen, can we turn that part up? <laughs> Where no one supported me. <laughs> um, he was very good at it, and he ended up getting transferred to Springfield, Illinois. Oh, um, big time. Right? Are you representing from Springfield? No. Well, you then the what fuck the fuck are you there, doing? Right? I was fucking right. Um, and he joined a group called the JCs. Um, you can cheer for it. Now I just don't believe was that you're actually The John it. Gacy's? The, the J- they're all John Gacy's? No, the JCs. Oh. That's oh. JG's. Fuck. Sorry. I mean, Mom, this is your fault. 
Jesus. <laughs> the JCs, from what I can gather, which there is almost no information, I think they might be the Illuminati because it just is a website, a weird blue website that's like, we're a nonprofit organization, mm. help for the city. And it's like, what, but why? And based on who? And like, there's no answers. Just young people in jackets that are like, the JCs. <laughs> So he was in the JCs and he made a lot of like contacts and like, you know, I guess made friends or whatever. Very active. And that's when you hear about John Wayne Gacy that he was like, um, you know, he lived this crazy double life because he was all successful and, you know, was in parades and shit. Well, I think it was like, it was based in the JCs. That's how it started. In February 1964, he meets a shy bookkeeper. Um, and a year later, he marries her. And she has a very wealthy family, it turns out. He, it's an incredibly beneficial marriage to him. I want to say a, a shy bookkeeper as to what bookkeepers are usually like, which is fucking out of control. Yeah. A lot of theater students become bookkeepers. Yeah, and then... So she's wealthy. Yeah. And okay. so he's like, that's so weird, I'm in love with you. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a great coincidence. So later that year, so they get married in, uh, oh no, sorry, they meet in February of 64. They get married soon after. And then later that year, oh, this is, I, this is mathematically impossible. <laughs> Shit. Later, the, it's, I have later that same year while his wife is in the hospital giving birth to their first child, but I'm pretty sure no. Unless, but he could have knocked her up before. Ooh, girl. John, you dog. Um, <laughs> Basically, she gets pregnant with their first child. She's in the hospital giving birth. You know, back then, I was like, men didn't have to oh, be in the no. delivery room. They weren't, you know, they were smoking cigars. Women didn't even have to be there. They just, like, knocked you the fuck out. That's right. They're like, bye. <laughs> baby. Let me know when the baby comes. Well, he actually was at a bar around the corner with one of his co-workers. Sounds who right. he ended up fucking that night <gasps> while his wife was giving birth. Wakes up in the apartment the next day. Gets dressed. Goes to the hospital and holds his newborn son. Uh, yeah, so this is the beginning of his double life. And uh, then in 1966, his father-in-law says, if you move to Waterloo, Iowa, I will... <laughs> I will kill you <laughs> from the audience. <laughs> She's just scared because she was thinking about something that happened oh, earlier. There was a, a spider. There was a spider on her yeah, seat. Yeah, there was a spider. Um, the father-in-law says, if you move to Waterloo, Iowa, you can have three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants. Oh, my God. Am I right? With the fucking Waterloo Chicken? I would do that. So, he goes there to manage... These tw he's 24 Holy at this point. Holy shit. And the funniest thing is when you watch these... I mean, there's a million, uh, uh, what do you call it, documentaries about him. He always looks 53. Yeah. Like, from... <laughs> from fucking jump when there's pictures of him as a boy you're like is that the oldest boy in America <laughs> he's just he, he. at the Kentucky Fried Chickens they say he's like a good manager and he does very well in the job but he sure. makes his employees call him the colonel <laughs> uh. what a fucking nerd <laughs> can you believe if if, he's, if I was standing there with my dumb apron on, like working at Kentucky Fried Chicken, he's like, I'm your new manager, but you gotta call me the colonel. I'd be like, see you fucking later, colonel. I don't work here anymore. But you know he thinks it's like fun and like, you can call me this, but every time you don't, he's like, call me I this. said, call me the colonel. <laughs> and she comes home from a hard day of work and she's like, my 24-year-old fucking boss, I'm 53, I just spit. Keeps telling me to call him the fucking colonel. Yeah, so... He quickly becomes a well-liked uh, member of the community. That's what he does, what he's good at. He Pass. joins uh, the JCs in Waterloo. They're everywhere. Now you're going to see them everywhere. Um, it eventually turns into Scientology. Uh, <laughs> and they said he became the most valuable member of the JCs because he got put in charge. He was the, chair, the chairman of the membership drive. And what he would do is, to get people to join the JCs would have them meet um, in a motel room and show stag movies and have orgies. That sounds amazing. And then people would be like, sure, I'll join the fucking JCs. Let's do this. 
Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Oh, then his sister in one of these documentaries talks about, she finds out when they go visit them one time that him and his wife swap partners. Like that they're, they're, that they're, what is that called? Um, uh, swingers. They're swingers. <laughs> like Vince Vaughn and his We don't friend. even know what that means. <laughs> Uh, and so we're like kind of proud of it. He tells his sister when they're visiting. I was like, yeah, we're going to go to this party tonight, but we might go home with other people. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know you're both gross, right? <laughs> you know I know about the underwear in the bag, right? Yeah. And then he's voted the JC's Man of the Year. So Call me Colonel. Um, so then... In, when he's in Waterloo, he ends up, his wife goes out of town, he invites the 15-year-old son of a fellow JC and a state senator over to the house to watch a stag film and oh. get drunk, and he molests this boy. No shit. And <laughs> uh, then he told him, you can't tell on me because oh. I have ties to the mafia in Chicago, here's 50 bucks, keep your mouth shut. And it works oh for a little God. while. It works for long enough so that he... Uh, molests a second boy Fuck. and then finally one boy breaks and then the other one does and he gets uh, arrested and he gets sent to prison probation for, for 10 years okay um, the prison psychiatrist recommends that he not be released uh, ever as he was a sexual sadist and could never be rehabilitated uh, and, but he was so well behaved that they, he served 18 months oh. Fucking fuck, man. His wife divorces him. She's like, <laughs> yeah. the swinging thing was one thing, yeah. but what the fuck? Oh so he God. goes back to Chicago. While he's in jail, his father dies, has a heart attack and dies. And he's convinced it's because of what he did, which is probably true. <laughs> um, so he goes... And moves in. His mother helps him buy a house, and they move in together. And he's like trying to, you know, make good on all of his bad behavior. Um, good luck with that. So they buy a house at eight two one three West Summerdale Avenue in the Norwood Wood Park. Anyone area. live there at that house? But for real, though, you can't cheer if you don't actually live there. <laughs> um, and we're all going there right now. Ow. <laughs> uh, and then in June of 1971, he starts his infamous contracting company uh, business, I should say, called PDM, which stands for Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance. What does it really stand for? Pedophile. Penis. <laughs> Karen. Just, it stands for penis, but he put DM after just <laughs> to throw people off. And here's the thing. He 
basically only hires teenage boys uh, to work for him. Red flag. And when, I mean, really, and when anybody asks him about it, he's like, they're more reliable than grown men. Uh-huh. <laughs> teenage boys in the 70s. All right. <laughs> okay. There's, mo- like, literal movies made about teenage boys in the 70s. Being unreliable. Being unreliable. <laughs> so, okay, so in January of 1972, when he is 29, 61, um, <laughs> He picks up, uh, he's single now, so he doesn't have to, no one's checking on him. I don't think his, his mother's really paying attention. Party. Um, so one night he goes to the Greyhound bus station and he picks up a teenage runaway named Tim McCoy. And he takes him back to his house where they party, they have sex. Um, it's a, they believe that part was consensual, but then Gacy grabs a kitchen knife and stabs him to death. So this is his first l- l- kill. And um, he is also the first body that's buried in the crawl space. Um, and shit. because he was a runaway, no one ever knew the boy was missing, Aww. so the cops were never alerted. Um, Poor baby. So then, well, the next line is, then he remarries a woman named Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very easy for him to date for some reason. It's so funny how much more these people have their shit together than you and I. Like, it's just... You mean me. You're married. No, I mean us. No, I heard. I heard what you're I'm saying. I'm married by a, the string of my teeth. What did they say? <laughs> I mean... Uh, it was a friend of his sister's from high school. And his, the sister, of, again, in a documentary, is like, I mean, I didn't really see, you know, them together, but, you know, they seem happy, so... And it's just like, oh, all right. Uh, so basically, he's just using her as body armor and yeah. then just, like, going about his day. Mm-hmm. So in 1975 uh, is when he starts dressing up, infamously, as Pogo the Clown. Now, everybody's seen the pictures, but if you haven't... If you're from Norway or whatever. Um, <laughs> Has anyone... <laughs> Woo! Um, they don't do that. He dressed up as a clown, but he did the makeup. In, there's like a, a rule in clown makeup where everything has to be rounded. Everything's circular and rounded and like fun because you're staring into the face of children. And Pogo the Clown... And you know John they, they like round shit. They love round shit. <laughs> Donuts and cookies and fucking clown eyes. Um, but John Wayne Gacy's clown makeup is pointy, pointy, pointy. It's the scariest thing. It's truly like a it's clown nightmare. Illuminati, Illuminati, <laughs> right? Fucking death trap. Light swastika on the forehead. So bad. Okay, so in I 76, agree. after three years of marriage, his wife leaves him. Um, just because. You know, she just didn't feel like it yeah. anymore. I'm just not feeling it. So there's this story, and this guy, this guy, Tony Antonucci, tells the story in one of the documentaries. He was 16 at the time. He was working at the contracting company. John Wayne Gacy invites him over, because this was the thing. It would be like, come up to my house and let's smoke a joint, and we'll have a couple drinks, and we'll hang out. And then when the teenage boys would get there, he would be... So this guy was a high school wrestler. So John Wayne Gacy's like, oh, come on, Mr. Wrestler, show me your wrestling moves. And the guy's like, okay. That's such a thing. Yes. It's a real... All of that. It's a real thing. Yeah, because then you're high, and then you're like, well, I'm not going to say no to my boss who wants me to wrestle yeah. with him. Yeah, and then suddenly you're... You can, though. Just yeah. know you that. You guys. You can literally just put the joint down and be like, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. You don't need to drink with older people. <laughs> I don't know. Like, anyone. My parents are older than me, and I drink with them. It's fine. Something about, you know, something is... There's something deep there's there. There's something in there. It's just... No, we're yeah, going to dig around Just go that. with it. For sure. You don't need to drink with older people. <laughs> the age pepper range. spray everyone. Yes. <laughs> so basically, he challenges them to a wrestling match, and when uh, they're, while they're wrestling, he throws a handcuff on one of Tony's <gasps> wrists, and he tries to get the other wrist handcuffed, oh, and he's fighting him and fighting him, oh, no. and then he thinks he gets him, so... Uh, 
Gacy leaves the room, and then Tony, what had happened is like, he fought him so much that the handcuff was only clicked to like the first thing. So he was able to pull his hand out of the handcuff, but then when Gacy walked back in the room, he kept his hand back behind mm-hmm. his back so it still looked like he was handcuffed. Mm-hmm. And so when Gacy came over to him, he fucking took him down. He Fuck did like yeah. a wrestling move, took him down to the ground. Hell yeah. And Gacy goes, oh, you passed the test. <gasps> So then Tony's like, oh, okay. And then he just kept working for him. Oh. Yeah. I wanted that to end better. Um, I mean, he's, he was alive to tell the story, Fair. so that's good. That's true. But it was that thing where he was like, you know, it's, it's your boss, yeah. and you just, you want, it was a good job. They were probably making, you know, a good amount of money for And it's such a weird story that there's no way to explain it to someone mm-hmm. and, and, and sound, like now you'd be like, this thing happened, and yeah. that would be a classic assault but now but then it was just like he's just goofing around yeah you know we got high in that thing where your boss wrestles you and (laughs) handcuffs you didn't you work at the gap that happened to you once at the gap right (laughs) yes it happens all the time it's normal um all right so basically this is this is his it turns out that this becomes gacy's mo it's either the handcuff trick or the magic rope trick the magic rope trick was he would say oh i'm going to show you this magic rope trick and it was all around the fact that he was pogo the clown so he'd like like i'm a clown i have these tricks i'm going to show you the tricks oh no so it's such a nightmare you're like kind of high like okay Yeah. Like, even just the clown stuff, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I just had an emergency call. I have to leave. Like, <laughs> they didn't have phones back then, right? <laughs> that's right. They couldn't. They just had to sit oh. there in their down vest being like, cool, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fucking rope trick, oh, the no. magic rope trick is they stand there and he goes, so this is what I do. And then he would just throw a rope around their neck and fucking strangle them. Fuck. That was the magic rope trick. So no. it was quick and bad. Oh, God. So the problem was that he hired these boys and a lot of them are written off as runaways when they would disappear. Oh, um, oh and, man. And oftentimes it would come to him. So they'd be like, oh, he worked for you. Yeah. Have you seen him lately? And Tony Antonucci tells in one of those stories, he said he was supposed to meet um, this boy, John Zick. And John Zick never showed up for the job they were supposed to go do together. And then Gacy came up and goes, he called me and he said that he went to... Um, uh, Cabo San Lucas. Yep. Yeah. Because that's where you go when you're a teenager. When you're a teenager. By yourself. I'm just going to go. I'm going to quick seize. I just need to go down to, to the Riv- Mexican Riviera Real for quick. a while. Yeah. I'm going to go. I just need to take it easy. Goodbye. So, oh, uh, man. So at this point, oh, and also around this time, Gacy also put red lights in his car and would, when he would see a target, he would pull them over and say that he was an <gasps> undercover cop and that he was... Um, had to bring them in, he would handcuff them, and then he would have them. Never pull your car over when you're getting followed by a cop. <laughs> tell, them I, tell them I said that. Um, which is also the thing the Hillside Stranglers did. They, they posed as cops and pulled women over and would be like, you have a bunch of tickets, yeah. get into our car. Which is why you actually, I mean, I'm not fucking bullshitting now, you do want to pull over in a well-populated area. Yes. You don't want to, if, you're, if some cop is stopping you on a fucking deserted road... You're fucking getting off on the next stop and parking in the McDonald's. You know park. what you're Game doing? Lot. You're high speed chasing it. <laughs> Bye. To evolve. Tell them time. your mother sent you, <laughs> Karen in Georgia. So, around this time, it, at this point, he's been getting away with murder for six years. Jesus. At the end of 1977, he'd killed 19 boys. Fuck. And by 1978, he was committing a murder every two to three weeks. Holy shit. Your town. I can't even vacuum every two to three I weeks. I mean, there's so much dog hair on all my clothes at totally. all times. Me too. The I only can't. reason we don't have it is because we packed these. I bought this here. <laughs> um, all right. So his last victim, this was in December 1978, and it was 15-year-old Robert Peast, and he worked part-time at a drugstore in Des Plaines. Des Plaines. Des Plaines? Des Plaines? Does planes? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so his mom, this uh, Robert Peace's mom is in the parking lot to pick him up oh, when no. his shift is over. But he goes, hold on a second. I met this guy who has a better job for me. And it's, it's a really good paying job. I'll be right back. And he never comes back. <gasps> they go out into the parking lot after 15 minutes. And he's nowhere to be seen. But... 
Here's the thing. And this is where, if you've ever seen, there's a movie where Brian Dennehy plays John Wayne Gacy. And you have to see it. It's so crazy. Because he was a crazy drunk and on pills. So by this point, he's been doing it and getting away with it for so long. He's like sloppy as hell. Yeah. He thinks no one's ever going to catch him. And he's just really sloppy. So the people in this drugstore knew who John Wayne oh, Gacy was. The guy who always offers kids jobs, probably. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Pogo the Clown's here again. <laughs> It's that guy who wears a sweet honesty t-shirt all the time. <laughs> I brought it back around. Did yeah. you see that? Thank yeah. you. It's called a bring it back around. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, so anyway, they file a missing persons report. He is not a runaway. They can't blame it on any of that shit. This, was a, this boy was an Eagle Scout, um, a loving family. So uh, the cops, they trace it back to Gacy. The cops go to his house to question him at 3.30 in the morning when they finally trace it back. Aww. And he's super pissy. He's, like, really bitchy to the cops. Um, I would be. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They, they go to his house, like, at night, normal time, and he's really bitchy. He's like, I, I will come down to the station. I'll come down to talk to you. He shows up at 3.30 in the morning at the police station covered in mud. Um, so they're like, could you take a seat in here, please? We just have a couple questions to ask you. What the and, fuck? <laughs> and they finally do a background check and see that he was convicted for sodomy in Iowa. And they're finally like, I think we've got this, the guy. So Yeah, but can I just say that sodomy is a bullshit charge that they, because they didn't give him the, f- you guys, never mind. What? <laughs> it's just a thing where they like didn't want to charge him with child molestation or give him a real fucking charge. They gave him 18 months because they gave him sodomy instead, which like... Anyone could get sodomy. <laughs> That's not what I mean. That's right. That's right. And if you're not comfortable with that, maybe it's your problem. <laughs> yeah. They detain him at the police station. Doesn't even want to I mean, it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay. They detain him at the police station. They go and search Gacy's home and they find a trapdoor that leads down to the crawl space. And then a cop crawls down into the crawl space and they're like, there sure is a lot of lime down here. Mm, and they limes. just come back up. They didn't find anything. They came. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone said no. No, there's more on this paper, I swear to God. So, what they do find is a bunch of jewelry that does not belong to him. And one of the things that they found was a class ring with the initials JC inside it. And they trace that ring back to John Zick. His last name is spelled so insanely. It's C-Z-Y-S-Z-K or something like that. I just wrote it Z-I-C-K because I couldn't deal. Um, But they basically see, they trace the ring, they get John's name, they go to the Zick home, and they say, the mother tells them he's been missing since January 20th, 1977. And they're like, ding, 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 here we go. This is our guy. Um, So then they start, they stake him out. And they have to get, they have to get a search warrant for his house. Uh, So while they're waiting, they put the surveillance team on his house. And... Gacy is doing things like leading them on long, uh, medium speed chases till dawn. Or like... He doesn't even know anyone's following him. No, 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 he does. He's doing it on purpose. Or he's like buying them dinner. Like the, the, yeah. they're out there, you know, like trying to order food or whatever. And then he just picks up the tab. Like he's fucking around like he's, there's, he can't ever get caught. Um, but they get a second search warrant. And uh, that's when... Oh, no, sorry. He invited them in for a fish dinner. Uh-huh. And um, while the, the two cops were inside, one of them said, could I use your restroom? And when the cop goes into the restroom, he, uh, they said it was around Christmas time, so the heater was on. Mm-hmm. And the cop walked into the bathroom. I keep saying restroom, but it's a home. Um, <laughs> he goes into the bathroom and smells death. Wow. And he's like, listen. <laughs> what? Did you hear that? What? I just heard a ghost. Um, <laughs> um, the Ew. heater vent came on, the air came out, and it was the smell of death. And he uh, knew that this, this was, they had to search this house, basically. Oh my God. So, uh, so essentially, bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> Sorry. 
Oh, what they, how they finally got him was he had driven to a gas station and like dropped off a bag of pot to somebody. So mm. they got him on this really dumb charge, but they were able to hold him at the police station. They got the second warrant. They go into the house. They go into the crawl space. And after 15 minutes, because they, they, they just didn't take enough time the first yeah. time. After 15 minutes, they're like, we have three bodies down oh! here. And then it's on like Donkey Kong. Um, <laughs> And eventually they find in, in, those, in that crawl space 20, the 27 bodies Fuck. of young men and boys. Um, I feel so bad for those cops that had to do uh. all that shit up. It, it's so, even just the old footage is so upsetting looking. <gasps> I have seen it. It's, yeah, you have to look at it. Was it's, his mom just playing solitaire the whole time or something? Uh, she, no, she died oh. at some point. <laughs> I almost said... She's like, what's that, Johnny? I didn't hear you come in. No, I, I don't want to do the handcuff trick again. I don't want to. You know, you did that to me. Here I fell for it. are my So there's 27 bodies in the house, and then he admits that there are also six he dumped in the river, <sighs> and that's when he was covered in mud at the police station. He had just dumped Robert Peast's body he basically dumped it and went straight to the police Jesus. station. Jesus, I mean... He stands trial in February of 1980. He never shows an ounce of remorse. Um, they put the victim's family members and friends on the stand uh, so everybody sees all of these boys and oh. all of their family and all the people that were affected. Um, and in three hours, the jury finds him guilty on all counts. He's sentenced to death. And after 14 years of appeals, he's put to death on May 10th, 1994. His last words were kiss my ass oh um, he's a good guy and his last meal was Kentucky fried no. chicken that's right that's cool I mean no it's awful that's, I don't know I kind of like it I know um and then they destroyed that house, which no. I, when I first saw the footage of that, they like pulled the whole fucking thing down. And then I was like, that's a bit dramatic. And then I was like, <laughs> what am I talking about? Like, that, what real estate could sell, yeah. real estate agent could sell that fucking house. I like that killing 27 people isn't dramatic, but then tearing the house down. Tearing was, the house down. I was like, stop it, you guys. On. You're being nuts. You're being, uh, what's the word? Dramatic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Sean Wayne Gacy. Good job, Chicago. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the horrible, horrible story of John Wayne Gacy in a way that only Karen Kogarov could tell it. Um, and that's been this week's episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed my picks. This was such a fun thing to get to re-listen to and relive a little bit because I don't think I've listened to it since I saw it live in person. And um, it's just it's just so cool to see how far the gals have, have come uh, since since then and and beyond and looking into the future. And for if you're listening back to this from the future, man, you're welcome. <laughs> um, and I'm Brandy Posey. I'll say that once again, I've been I'm the host of uh, one of the hosts of Lady to Lady. Uh, we're a podcast here on Exactly Right. Um, I'm either co-host are Barbara Gray and Tess Barker. And uh, every week, we have a fourth female comic on and it's just four women riffing that you don't get to hear very often. And um, I'm real proud of the show. It's like silly. It's fun. We play sleepover games with our guests. It's a really fun show. We answer advice because we've all made a lot of mistakes and we want to save you for making the same. And uh, we've got a really fun, beautiful little community over there so if uh you want to hear some people telling some you know telling you a bunch of stuff that they've done that you shouldn't do uh lady to lady is the show for you we're just a bunch of ants who have anted hard uh yeah and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and um, we're on twitter and instagram at lady to lady comedy um and then every week we also we have our episode that drops on wednesday and then on fridays uh, every week we have the beef of the week which is us just straight beefing about all sorts of things have i complained about uh the man in my trailer park that is a pathological liar that i like to just harass to, to the nth degree absolutely um we were beefing about actual beef last week so we get meta no big deal <laughs> um and that you can find over at stitcher premium uh or on our patreon patreon.com slash lady to lady all right everybody well enjoy your week and hey i get to say it this time stay sexy and don't get murdered elvis do you want a cookie ah!